0: authority sites are now a proven business model many people inside and outside of atari hacker pro have found success building them many are making a living and some are even killing it but this is a very dynamic business model so each year mark and i the founders of atari hacker like to take the pulse and try to see what's most likely going to work for those thinking of starting a new site this year and for the more veterans of our listener and that's what we are going to do right now so stay tuned
1: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Authority Hacker podcast. This episode is kind of going to be an introductory episode for people who are joining into the Authority Hacker podcast this year. We like to do that episode where we talk about the business model. We explain what authority sites are, but we also, towards the end, are going to be talking about what changed in 2019 and things that we will be doing differently in 2020. So that is basically the agenda for this episode. But because this is kind of like an intro episode, uh, I'm actually not going to ask Mark how it's going, which is something I tend to do to for every episode, and he ans- answers locally. But today I am with Mark, and we're actually going to introduce ourselves. So instead of asking you how it's going, I'll be like, who the fuck are you, Mark? Can you tell us that? Wow, way to be put on the spot. So my name
1: is Mark. I'm the co-founder of Authority Hacker, Gail's business partner, I've been doing digital marketing since 2009, and I've lived through various Google updates, ups and downs. I've done every kind of marketing there is out there, basically, at some point, one point or another. And this is the business model we, slash, I settled on four or five years ago, and it's been been awesome since then. So a little bit about me. I used to work in insurance which was god-awful boring and that's part of the reason why i love working on dory sites because it's actually interesting and fun to work on and you can also make a lot of money off of it obviously what else my favorite color is purple and um, getting a dog this year help me out here I'm, I'm i'm going off script
0: and you got a new house as well recently yeah. Okay. Well, too much information, but thanks for that. I'm going to do the same. So I'm from France, actually. So if you're like, what the hell is that accent? That is a French accent, uh, but I haven't lived in France for a long time. I moved out when I was around like 22 or something, and then I lived one more year in France in between. But apart from that, I just turned 33 today, the day we are recording this episode, actually. So that has been it has been 11 years, actually. I haven't lived in France. And another thing that Mark did not mention is that uh, we did meet around 10 years ago, actually, that's the funny part. And we have been working together for around 10 years. And one night we got drunk and we uh, decided that it was a good idea to start an SEO agency, which I believe most people is the state in which most people are when they decide to start an SEO agency. So we, we did that. It was kind of shitty at the beginning. If you remember, the website was called matchcheapseo.com. And we were selling cheap SEO packages which as it was it was done at the time. Like SEO was definitely not as mature as an industry as it is now. But eventually we kind of like managed to hustle our way through and, and grow that agency to around 35 staff. We did service some pretty big sites, so we worked for like Expedia Australia, for Macy's, 1990 designs. Flipper, some big real estate and, you know, even companies in London, like some of the prime event locations in London, that kind of stuff. We work for like celebrity chefs as well. We work for like a lot of like random clients, which gave us a lot of experience. So it's like we literally have like more than 10 years online marketing behind us at this point.
1: This is what I meant when I
0: say we've done just about every kind of online marketing out there. Yeah. So we've done a lot. And that was like before we started focusing on sites. The thing with the agency is it was... OK, but the lifestyle was stressful, because essentially, you trade one boss for, like at the time, around 80 bosses, which kind of was not very fun and did not really allow you to live the life you wanted, regardless of how much money you might make from that kind of business model, just because there's always some emergency. When you have like 80 plus clients, there's always five, six that need immediate attention. And regardless of how you staff your agency, et cetera, eventually, through the chain of comments, Things just escalate back to you, and it's very hard to have freedom, basically. And so, yeah.
1: and that, that's part of the reason, like, we quit our jobs to have this freedom. And we thought having a, an agency and working for clients would, would give us that. And to an extent, it gave us a little bit more freedom in, in different ways, but it also restricted us quite a lot as well. And we realized that it wasn't really exactly what we were looking for.
0: Yeah, from an online marketing perspective as well, I felt I didn't just have as much freedom to do the stuff I wanted to do, like the more risky stuff, trying different things, experimenting, etc. Like you can't really experiment on like a fancy client's website; they're not going to be very happy if you start doing that. and It doesn't work out. If it works out, you'll be a genius. If it doesn't work out, you're fired. <laughs> so, so it's pretty much how it goes. And so for that reason, we decided to escape. I mean, to sell this agency. We didn't escape exactly, like we didn't jump through. I would and...
1: declassify that yeah. as an escape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much. It, was, it was not a great exit. Like we sold our business, we got a chunk of cash for it, but it wasn't that impressive, the amount of cash we made. It was like low six figures, basically. But that's okay because we at the time we already had uh, one authority side that did pretty well and we decided to focus on that business model, seeing other people doing well with it and just seeing it to matching what we wanted to do with our lives. Better so it was tricky at the beginning to make it work, and I think anyone that jumps into that business model, I think that's something to take away from from my experience and from the experience of many people that we've been working with since then. Is it takes some time to get these things rolling, but eventually it did pan out, and uh, yeah, now we have a pretty successful business. Around four years later, four and a half maybe. I think as well, like our
1: lifestyle has changed quite a lot since then. Uh, I mean, even though we still live you know, in one place, we're not traveling all over the world. And we're not, we I'd, I'd say we probably work more now than we did back then. It's much more enjoyable, much more fulfilling. We have, we have the freedom to go wherever we want, whenever we want. Uh, our entire team is remote. So everyone works from home. We work from home. We choose our own hours. Uh, and it's just generally a, a, a fun way to spend your time. There's not too many jobs in the world I can think of that I would rather be doing than, than exactly this.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's basically, it. and so that plus like you can still do quite well with this business model, like even very well. Uh, These together, so it's like it's like being ambitious, but not at all costs, basically. I would say it's like you're not willing to not to, to to lose too much freedom in exchange for doing well. And I think
1: I think it it attracts it attracts a lot of people who just want to like have the best possible life. Like I I have noticed this in too many other industries who people who are all into like life hacking and you know just optimizing optimizing everything they want to have like the best possible setup the best life the best travel experiences the best relationships the best whatever um, and it, it seems to it seems to be a commonality I pick up among people who who want to start a, an authority site
0: yeah so Enough teasing. Some people are listening right now, and and, I mean, they probably know somewhat what's an authority site because of the title of the podcast. I guess it's like you are not looking for a blender and landed on this podcast.
1: Uh, (laughs) If you you did, keep listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but otherwise, uh, I think we're still going to recap the authority site business model a little bit. Yeah. So that people just, like, we're on the same uh, wavelength and people know what we're talking about exactly when we talk about authority sites because it's kind of like a catch-all term, I would say. So I'll let you do that. I think you're going to be more synthetic than I would. Okay,
1: so first, let's talk about what what an authority site is. An authority site is a website which is built around a specific topic with a goal of establishing that site and you as an authority on that topic. So this means you're giving a lot of value, you're creating a lot of free content that could be written content on a blog, it could be uh, audio content or like a podcast like this one you're listening to, or it could be uh, video content as well. But it's focused around one website where you kind of bring all that together. And then it's all really about gaining an audience. So you can do that through SEO, which stands for Search Engine Optimization. That is where you're getting traffic from Google. So when people are searching for things, your website's coming up, they're clicking on your website in the search engine results page and they're viewing your, your content. They're, they're, that's how you get visitors. You're, you're, they're on your website. It could also be from social media. Maybe they're following your Instagram or your Facebook page or whatever else. Um, and that's where you, you really start building a following, building a tribe of people who are, are like coming back to see everything you produce. And it can extend as well to email. So collecting email lists of people who want to hear every time you release a blog post or something else new and, and you sort of send that out to, pe- to people. So that's kind of like the gaining an audience part. You are at all times like producing the content and people are coming to your site to consume it. Like we, we want to like try it within an authority site. We want to try and get everyone to our site as much as possible. So it's kind of less about, you know, building a YouTube channel and having everyone just on YouTube, though there is an overlap with.
0: O- on stage three, you can you, people don't need to touch your site as much. When you're running paid traffic, you can hit people who like engage with your Instagram profile or Facebook uh, page or anything, never get on your site and then eventually still advertise.
1: Yeah, I w- I w- we'll get into the, those kind of things when we talk about the stage model in a little bit. But just to circle back to like the what is an authority site um, question, we, we talked about getting an audience. The other side of it is making money from that audience because ultimately this is a business we're starting and businesses exist to make profit. That doesn't mean we're going to make profit at the expense of anyone else in our way. We're trying to be good, good corporate citizens here and genuinely help people. And if you do that, you tend to get rewarded better, at least in, in our experience. But how do you actually make money from an authority site? Well, the most simple way would be to run some kind of ads. So if you're getting you know, thousands of people come to your website every day uh, and you put some ads up there, people will see them. A few people will click them and you'll get a, a certain amount of money per thousand visitors that, that come to your site. Generally in our experience, ad revenue is not that high. You need to have a lot
0: of traffic for it to, to be worthwhile in most cases. It got a lot better this year though. Like, you know, people with that tribe now make like 35 bucks per thousand visitors sometimes, et cetera. Like
1: it's 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 good. It's good, but it's it's not the it's not I'd say like the most profitable way to monetize your traffic. It's still the lowest we would so we could also lump in things like brand sponsorships and kind of deals that that you you make there as well uh, yeah. which kind of come under the advertising kind of banner another and probably the most popular way of monetizing an, an authority site is with affiliate offers so that's where you recommend a product on your website and you you have a special tracking link and when someone clicks like maybe they go through to Amazon and then buy a product that you're recommending on Amazon, you actually get a percentage of revenue that Amazon makes from that sale. So if you're recommending a lot of products or very high, high value products or products that a lot of people are buying, then you can really make a lot of money from, from this. Um, and this time, like about a year ago, exactly. We sold a site, which is monetized exclusively through affiliate marketing and it it um, we sold it for mid six figures. So and we could have gone further. It's doubled in in traffic since then. Uh, the new owners have have been been working hard on it. So you can see like there's a lot of potential from just from affiliate marketing. And the good thing about affiliate marketing is you don't have to build a product. You just r- recommend people to existing products on existing websites that people are already familiar with, and you make money from it. So it's a really good way to monetize. Your authority site. Uh, if you want to take it even further, though, you can get into creating your own products. Now, some people are will go out to China and go to some sourcing fair and be manufacturing their own branded products in basically any any niche you can you can imagine. You can you can do it. Uh, that's obviously it takes a lot of time and there's a lot of capital investment and and that. So you know you have to sort of weigh weigh up whether it's worth doing that or not another way to, of monetizing with your own products is with digital products those can be courses those can be membership areas on your site uh, monetizing by like to with tutorials and maybe uh, certain like private areas where people have to pay to get access to on on, on your site and get extra information or extra tools it could be software as all sorts of possibilities there. And I, I, I didn't even get into talking about the, the real life stuff. So selling your time for like coaching or selling conferences or any kind of mastermind real, real life events. There are lots and lots and lots of ways to monetize an authority site and to make really, really, really good money from it.
0: Yeah. So that is basically authority sites in a nutshell. I think that was very, basic things, etc. I was actually checking uh, right now it was on the ad thrive facebook group and i was checking how much people are making for from ads
1: ad thrive is a, a a network of advertisers basically where you you join and they manage all the ads on your site and the idea is that you'll get a lot more money f- per thousand visitors from ad thrive than you would if you just put standard google adsense which is google's own ads are, on there because they're the uh ad thrive is yeah. much better so these guys make
0: 36 dollars per thousand visitors which is pretty good but we'll talk more about that we'll talk more about that actually
1: Okay, so we just talked about what an authority sites are. Uh, I just want to quickly, before we go into the stage model, talk about why I love them so much, why authority sites are awesome. And the main reason, which probably a lot of people are here for, is because you heard that they can make a lot of money. And this is true. Authority sites can, if you work on them for a good amount of time and you are always improving and you're getting a lot of traffic, you're playing around, you're experimenting with monetization models over time you can really start to make a lot of money certainly enough to replace your your job and there are many people out there in our industry who've gone on to make you know really lots of lots of money like seven eight figures a year type type thing that's not i'd say the the norm but there is definitely definitely possible to to do that what i like about authority sites so much though is that you can they're operating all the time so you're essentially making money when you're sleeping your site's still online People are still reading your reviews or your articles. They're still clicking on your affiliate links as you sleep. So every time you wake up in the morning, you can look at your phone and see how much money you made overnight, which is a pretty cool feeling. There's not too many jobs in the world you can, can really do that with. Uh, the other thing I would say is that it's, it's possible to build a profitable authority site that's actually worth quite a lot of money, like a life-changing amount of money. We always use the example of these big tech startups like Instagram or Snapchat or something. You know, they're they're worth, they're unicorns, right? They're very, very rare. Most of these startups fail. Most of them don't get funding. Even those that do, they don't go on to be successful. The few
0: that you hear about that are worth, you know, billions of dollars, you know, that's great. But venture capitalists often own most of that company anyway at that point as well.
1: Exactly. And you need to be in the right place at the right time. You need to have a lot of luck to have success on that level. With authority sites, to have a life-changing exit. And I'm not talking about billions of dollars here. I'm talking about six or seven or maybe low eight-figure exits here. Then it's a very real possibility if you work hard and you do everything that you're you're supposed to be doing. I know a lot of people in this space, a lot of members in Authority Hacker Pro have had like significant exits, and it's it's really cool to see so many people able to to do that. Even at the low end, you can you can you, know, you can sell a site that's making a thousand dollars a month for like forty fifty thousand dollars if you if you find the right buyer. It's not uncommon to to hear people have those kind of
0: experiences. So they sell really easily as well right now. I mean, we're talking also about that, but like the selling sites, especially with like low level of incomes, like they sell like hotcakes as well.
1: For sure, for sure. I mean, the average is of somewhere between 30 and 50 X monthly net profit is what you can expect to sell an authority site for. And that number goes up every year. So it's just a, it's a realistic way that most people without too much luck can achieve some kind of life-changing exit, and you know, like buy a house or
0: put it all in the retirement
1: pot and gain financial independence or whatever.
0: Pay student debt if you're like if you're in there as well, because a lot of Americans uh, do have that issue of like student debt that really cripples them. Yeah, in the UK
1: where where I'm from as well now, that there it's cost a lot lot of money. I think it's like nine thousand pounds to go to university now, which is probably sounds cheap if you're living in the US, but it was it was free when I went. So like, so we talked about the money and the potential revenue that authority sites can can generate. Don't sort of let us try and missell you. It's not like an overnight. This isn't going to happen for you in a few months. We've been doing this for I mean, we've been in online marketing for, as I said, 10 years now. Uh, We've been doing authority sites for, for four or five for five years now, actually more than five years. And it takes time to get there so you have to really be committed to it it's not something you can just start and expect to happen automatically for you it takes a lot of hard work and you have
0: to persevere it's not a brand new market as well anymore so it's like there is a degree of competition and we'll talk about strengthening competition as well it's like you know it was new 10 years ago now it's like it's it's maturing you know and and with that comes professionalization comes well you need to catch up to the level of the industry to be competitive.
1: So the other the other good thing about authority sites is they are fun to work on. I used to work in insurance, which is one of the most boring industries in the world. It really, really sucks. But working in all these different niches is fun. It's exciting. You're always learning stuff and you can genuinely help people at the same time which is which is awesome. We we just got back a couple months ago from a conference which we were at out in Asia we met up with about 75 of our uh, our Authority Hacker Pro members there. And we we had a bunch of meetups and we had this uh, drinks event and just like, it was just really cool meeting everyone and having having fun, going out for lunch, that kind of stuff. And we're fortunate that a few of them actually offered to do video testimonials for us. The idea is that we can use that in our our sales page or in our marketing to, to show people who are having success with this kind of stuff. And it's just genuinely awesome to like see and meet face to face those people who through authority hacker and through the other work we've done, we've like had direct positive effects on, on their life. It's like, I find that really, really rewarding. I didn't find. You don't realize
0: it as well. Yeah. When you run the site, you have like, you have no idea very often of like the impact you have on people because they're just consuming your site without talking to you so this helps filling the gap basically
1: but you know if i go back to my insurance example if you're on a project to move your it department from one building to another to try and save a bit of money how rewarding is that really going to be not very much at least in my it's part of the reason I, I i quit so so soon after i started that down that career path but I digress. Let's get back to, to authorities, uh, authority sites. I definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll maybe start a new insurance podcast this year and we can uh, give give tips and feedbacks for wannabe risk managers and, and all that kind of stuff. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm kidding.
0: But after we address the people that came for the blenders, obviously. Indeed, indeed. <laughs>
1: So the, the, the final, my final point about authority sites, why they're so awesome, is they're just cool and fun to to work on. I mean, like from a marketing perspective, like I really enjoy learning about uh, all this SEO stuff, learning about how Google works, building processes and systems, building a team, you know, learning what Facebook's up to in their new release and all this kind of stuff. It's, just, it's interesting, it's fun, and it doesn't really feel like work to me. And at the same time, you get to meet like a lot of cool people. And as I said before, everyone's super passionate about their business and what they do, and everyone loves traveling and wants to live the best life possible, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, as I said, if this is if that sounds like something you might be interested in, then this this might be the business model that you've been looking for.
0: Yeah, there's like a, a big community that's like I mean, it's growing quite nicely actually now. Like not just ours, like it's a broader community of people that build websites, etc. Like and it's cool like once you actually get integrated in it then you will meet people in real life like some random people will travel to your city even if you're not moving very much or and you'll have coffee and you can talk to them and there's facebook groups there's all of that and it's like it's fun like it's it's like the right size as well where it's like you don't feel like you're nobody it's quite easy to like for people to know who you are like for but at the same time it's like large enough so that there's a lot of variety of like point of view and uh, ways of thinking etc and it's it's interesting there's a lot of debates and and so like people are really involved so like there's passionate debates about stuff etc it's like it makes it interesting basically it feels like uh, much better than the last season of game of thrones for me for example anyway let's talk about the three-stage system Right. so uh, a three-stage, three-stage system is something that we invented for authority websites and we created that because authority sites there's a lot of moving parts like if you Take a full, complete, mature authority site. Like I mean, you can look. I, I'm thinking like money-saving experts in the UK, for example, uh, or UK. You guys can check them out. They're like a really good um, authority site in the personal finance niche. And you will see there's so many moving parts, right? There is content, there's the forums, the guys on TV, there is like, I think they have info product, they have books or something, they have like a bunch of stuff. They built
1: all these like calculators and comparison tools for insurance and, you know, fun
0: stuff like that. For insurance again, see? So some people have fun with it. (laughs) Anyway, all that to say, it's like, it's unrealistic to build something like this on day one. And so the stage system is essentially here to guide you so that you can focus on a few things, do them right, get some early success, and with the funds of the money that you're making from your early success, just fund something a little bit more complicated, etc. So on purpose, we have the early stages that are pretty simple and it complexifies over time and you can add up more over time and allows people who are getting started to have a framework that they can follow that helps them not get overwhelmed, not try to do everything and do it in a shitty way because that is the number one best way to fail. So we have three stages at this point. Maybe one day we'll update it, but I think it's still very valid. When I was preparing the notes for this podcast, I was actually thinking about like how it all still applies, but I think it's still very, very valid. So the first stage is, well, very commonly named stage one authority site. And we basically it's basically a basic affiliate site. Like I'm not gonna try to con it. It's an affiliate site that is planned so that it can grow into something more. That's what a stage one authority site is. And so Mark was mentioning when he was talking about monetization, affiliate marketing is selling someone else's product and getting a commission for it. And it's quite interesting because affiliate marketing does pay more than advertising. But at the same time, you don't have the complex parts of the business where you need to deliver a product, where you need to support your customers, where you need to maybe deal with manufacturing and customers, like customers, all these things that tend to be pretty complicated and if you had to deal with them on top of trying to grow your traffic your brand etc then you would most likely get overwhelmed and it would also require much more capital so i think marketing is a great way to get started and the way these sites look and we actually have a program i don't really i'm not really here to sell it but um you guys you guys can still check it out it's on autoriahacker.com system we have a program that shows how to build these sites but i'll tell you what they are so like you can just know from this podcast About 80% of the content on these sites is content that talks about products related to the niche that you've picked. So, for example, let's say you're in a good dog niche. You're going to be having pages of content that talk about the best dog toys for heavy chewer dogs, for example or uh, the best dog dog, dog toy sorry for tiny dogs that can't really grab a big ball in their mouth or something you're going to have maybe dog food for dogs with allergies for example that would be another subsection that you would probably like be talking about and you can see how I'm picking kind of like really specific cases when I talk about products, I'm not just saying the best dog food. Because if I try to talk about the best dog food, it's very likely that big competitive sites will be ranking for this because it's a keyword with lots of searches. So these guys are trying to rank for it. But if I'm picking these kind of like really small niche cases, then it's much more likely, I didn't do the keyword keyword research before this, but it's much more likely that the competition will be a lot lower, there will be less search traffic, but also people will be willing to spend more and will be converting more when the content is catered to exactly what they want. So, for example, best dog food for dogs with allergies. It's like, it's really expensive, first of all. <laughs> it's like uh, my dog had allergies and like a bag of food was like 70 euros or something. Like it was really expensive, like a, a five kilo bag. So, yeah, it's like, first of all, it's really expensive, which means as an affiliate, you're going to make more money. And if your dog has like spots on his skin, you're very likely to you, know, you have this emergency to convert. Like you want to, you want to fix this problem. You're worried for your dog, so you're going to go and buy it. And then you know that everyone that lands on this page, even though there's less people, they truly care about that. Whereas if you Google best dog food, maybe, I don't know, like maybe it was like you were talking with a friend and asking about that, etc. But But like nobody would just in their right mind Google best dog food for dogs with allergies if they don't really need that right now. So essentially, that is 80% of the content on that site. And around 20% of the content on that site will be purely informational content. So content that uh, gives a guide to, let's say, how to train your dog to work without a leash, for example. That would be the kind of content I would put on my dog site and like with images, videos, like something that you you need to put some production value behind that. But the point of that content is actually to acquire links to your site so that you can gain some degree of authority, and links are the number one ranking factor for Google still nowadays. There is a lot of ranking factors, but uh, it's still the strongest right now. So you need to create content specifically for that because when you talk about products, people tend to not link to your website. So that essentially is a stage one site. That's basically like, how do you put that together? How do you organize it? How do you plan it? And then start ranking on Google, getting some links to your site, ranking for these more niche queries, and we tend to say that these sites are, the goal of these sites is to make job replacement income. So, you know, for most people, that'd be like three to $5,000, let's say. I would say that's a fair range for, like some people make a lot more money than that. Like, you know, there's people making millions of dollars per year with just that business model. And I want to talk about that at the end of the podcast. I as well.
1: think as well, like part of the beauty of a stage one authority site and like the way we've constructed it within this model is that it's quite simple. It focuses on one monetization strategy, which is affiliate marketing, and one traffic source, which is SEO, Google traffic. And so you don't have to worry dealing about, like, think about dealing with, oh, how am I going to get traffic from Pinterest? How am I going to start this webinar and do this podcast and do this YouTube channel and all this kind of stuff, which you can do successfully at a later stage in stages two and three. But at stage one, it's just simple. It's like, let's, let's build a business that supports us so we can work full-time on it and can give us a, a decent life.
0: Yeah, so that's stage one sites. Like I'm going to stop it there. Stage two is more about building audiences. So the way we talked about stage one sites, it's like let's say you have your dog foods for allergy type page. People are going to come. They're going to find your recommendation. And if they trust it, click on the link and buy and never come back which is cool, but the problem is is every single day, you rely on Google sending you traffic again so that you can make money with your site. The day Google stops sending you traffic, well, if there's nobody that cares about dog food for dogs with allergies coming to that page, you will make no money, and it stops here. And I think that's the problem that a lot of people find themselves in, especially with all the Google updates that happened this year, or rather last year, Oh, I guess it's 30th of December, so this year. <laughs> and so, like, the stage two is here to, to grow audiences, so building places where people can sign up and follow you. So that can be social media, that can be Facebook groups, for example, Twitter profiles, YouTube videos, podcasts, email lists, retargeting if you're willing to pay for some traffic, push notification, messenger bots, all these things, grabbing these people in these places where you can just message them and bring them back when you have some new piece of content that can be monetized. But not only that, right, because you can bring them to blog posts, but... You can start bringing people directly to maybe more expensive affiliate offers. So, for example, in a dog niche, that would be some dog training programs. Usually, info products will pay up to seventy-five percent commissions when you promote them. So, like making yourself a dog training program could make you easily maybe between thirty and hundred dollars. Or selling, you know, a pack of dog food on Amazon will probably even, even for the allergy one will make you like thirty-five bucks maybe. I think that is something that's cool here and also it's going to start teaching you how to direct sell to your audience, not just like passively sell from reviews, which like I see so many people at these conferences, SEOs, etc. that are just terrible at direct sales uh, and they're too afraid to sell to people and I think it's crippling them. It's, it's really crippling them and, they, and that's one of the reasons they never really jump into stage two because reviews are just easy and comfortable, basically. Try to rank in Google, make money, and do that. So that's basically stage two. So in stage two, you're going to like start capturing people's email with like opt-in pop-ups. One thing that I found is really cool for stage two to like grow your audiences is use your Google traffic to grow these audiences. So for example, let's say you have uh, an article on dog food and you just received some dog food for your dog and you made an Instagram post for your uh, brand's Instagram, you can actually embed that Instagram post on the page. And if people click on the little profile picture, they, they get onto your Instagram profile and start subscribing. Same if you did a YouTube video, you can embed your video with like the end cards at the end that ask people to subscribe and so on. So actually having an affiliate site or a stage one site initially is an incredible way to grow audiences by embedding whatever platform you want to grow inside your content that ranks on Google and has relevant people reading without distracting them too much from the main call to actions and or you put that in informational content, which in stage two, when you jump stage two, you tend to reduce the share of review type posts and commercial types posts and put more informational content out there. You're also piggyback riding the authority that you've built And that's also when you can consider things like monetizing with advertising for these info content pieces, like you start getting more traffic because you're producing more info content and that traffic can be monetized not only by building audiences and selling to them, but also by putting ads on your site on these pages that are specifically info content. So that's basically stage two. You basically don't own a product, but you run a more complex business where you communicate regularly with captured audiences and you have multiple monetization methods. That's stage two. And then once you have all of that, once you are good at email marketing, you can even do some paid traffic. You have a proper editorial team that churns editorial content multiple times a week that you can post on your site, etc. It's kind of like a margins game. It's like, how do I make more money? Well, if you sell a, a product as an affiliate and you get like 30 or 40% commission, the best way to make more money is to own the product and make 100% of the money. And then what this does is it opens new traffic sources to you for example, you can yourself recruit affiliates. So now affiliates send you traffic versus you send your traffic away. All your internal traffic to your info content will be monetized much more because if you are making 30% commission and you jump to hundred percent or more, if you manage to like charge more, let's say for the product or have more margins you will be able to just make a lot more money overnight. Then you can also start doing paid traffic, like retargeting people who visit your blog and selling them your products, et cetera, works extremely well. I'm sure if you go on Autority Hacker right now, you will be retargeted because, hey, that's one of our most profitable sources of traffic on Autority Hacker. So that is basically developing your own products that can be courses and info products and immaterial stuff, which I, I would recommend for people to start with, provided your niche, works with it. Not every niche is going to work with courses and info products, but if it does, it's kind of the easiest way to start. It's a great way to learn how to sell as well. But you can also do physical products. And we know a lot of people who do physical products and do really well. And they just use the ICO traffic and audiences to sell and basically build huge businesses that way. So that's basically a three-stage model. Anything that I forgot? Uh, no, I think you covered it quite nicely there, actually. Yeah, for once. I did pretty good. <laughs> so that's basically the three-stage model. And the thing with this model is that it's not just about your site. It's actually about yourself. It's about you picking up the skills as you go along the way. So initially, you just need to learn SEO and SEO, like content writing. And then you can use something like Amazon as an affiliate program, which is like super easy to sign up for, and monetize. And once you have that, then you learn even marketing, social media marketing, Maybe you start learning how to hire staff properly and like build an editorial team. Maybe some link builders, etc. So you kind of like pick up like these more core business skills. And stage three is just like full blown business, everything included, including pay traffic, included product, customer service, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you can see how there's like a nice scale to it, and you don't have to like take on everything on day one. Which it's like there's not a lot of businesses that allow you to do that. And I think the, the key to success in business in general is to to reach the top X percent of whatever you're doing. Because you just need to learn SEO initially, it's much easier to 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 get good at it because you don't have to do all these other things. So that is the stage model. Now, you had something about how to build an site in 2020. So I'll let you take that over, actually.
1: Yeah, so I just want to go through, maybe you're excited by the idea of starting. I just want to go through how to structure that, how, what to actually do to get an authority site up and running and to start getting traffic to it. The way we split it down in our, our course, the authority site system, which teaches this, by the way, is all about four stages. So no, stage is probably the wrong word, four, four sections, because we already use stage to describe stage one, two, three, I don't wanna get you confused there. There are four things you need to do. The first is research. And most people don't do any research. And this is why they start a site in a niche that has no potential or no one's making money or it's too competitive or it's not competitive enough. And they just spend a lot of time working on a site that doesn't have any potential and, and can't really make them much money. Uh, which is a problem. So it's always worth spending more time on on research. So that's looking at competitors, competition, specific niche. When I first got into this, I was uh, sort of scared of of other people and I, I of other websites. Rather, I thought that I should come up with a niche that no one's ever thought of before. I had to be unique. I had to be different, and that's the way to to go about it. That's actually the the wrong approach. The right approach is to look at industries where there are players, there are big and small players already there who are making money. And the reason you want to do that is because if they're there, it's, because, it's likely because they're making, making money. And so you can potentially make money as well. It's very, very rare that people come up with a brand new niche that no one's ever started a site with before. Usually you want to be looking for a place where there's competition. Now, that being said, you don't want too much competition. You want to look to make sure that there are small to medium-sized sites, uh, ideally those are kind of like personal blogs or run by a very small team or one individual, that are successfully competing with bigger brands. So are they ranking uh, on the search engine results page? Are they ranking on Google for terms? Are they competing? Or is it just you know these massive multinational companies that are dominating? Because... If it's just the multinationals in there, then you probably want to shy away from that. I'm thinking here things like tech reviews, for example. It's very, very, very hard for uh, small new sites to to compete with like an i for the keywords like iPhone review or, or that kind of thing. So you want to find a bit of balance there. And lastly, cho- to choose something which you are either interested in now or you find interesting. It doesn't have to be a topic which you know a lot about. Just by the process of starting the site, you will inevitably learn a lot about that that specific space or that specific industry so it has to be something which you feel like you want to learn and feel like you could kind of really get into Uh, because if you choose something which you're not that interested in but you're just picking it because you think it's highly profitable then you're going to get bored you're going to lose motivation and at some point you're probably going to give up and the biggest risk for authority site owners especially in the first year is is giving up because you put a lot of work in and you're not yet making that job replacement income. And it can be really, really, really hard to like find the motivation to keep going. And it's much easier to find that motivation if you're genuinely interested in the topic. So that's research. When it comes to actually getting your site up there, it's actually quite simple these days. You need a domain, idealia.com, and you need WordPress. WordPress is amazing. It's like a framework for... Framework content management system for running a website. So you will install this WordPress software on your web host and then you can like add a theme and it'll allow you to like customize it. You can add content in the form of like blog posts, you can update them, you can edit, you can do all of that kind of stuff without any coding knowledge, without knowing HTML or without hiring a developer. And the quality of sites you can build these days in 2020 is just amazing without knowing any any kind of coding or without having any development expertise uh, there are plugins and tools you can add to, to WordPress which can help with your marketing with your design if you're using something like Elementor which is essentially a drag and drop editor so you can create any style any design you want very easily without any coding knowledge as I said the idea here with a, with a site is to just build a, what we call like a minimum viable product so that's A site which is good enough. It looks half decent and it's just you getting up there, getting out, publishing the site so that you can start on the other two sections, which I'm going to talk about now, which is content and links. One of the biggest problems I see is people, they spend too long trying to make their site perfect and like, oh, this pixel and the logo doesn't look quite right. Let's have seven revisions of it. When In reality, they could have probably just gotten away with like a text logo or something. All of these things, where you sort of like perfect your site it's best to do that not before you launch but after you launch as you're as you're continuing to work on on your site and it's like a continuous process to level up your design to improve it and 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 whatnot Uh, by the way if you are interested in any of these tools if you go to authorityhacker.com at the top there will be a link to tools and we just have a page where it's all the tools and plugins and hosting and stuff that we we recommend they're all the ones that we use ourselves so you have to be a little bit careful in this industry there's a lot of people who will recommend not actually the best hosting company for example but the one which pays them the highest affiliate program uh, the uh, affiliate commission we don't do that so if the tool's on there you can rest assured that it's good we've tested it and we actually use it so that's building your site now once you have your site up there are two things you need to do uh, in a stage one authority site that is content and the other is links so let's talk about content first as Gail mentioned earlier, you are likely to want to focus a lot on commercial content. So that could be reviews, a single product review of a specific, if we use the dog example of a specific type of dog food, or it could be a roundup review where you're comparing multiple different kinds of dog food. Say, what's the best dog food for Yorkshire Terriers or whatever the, the breed may be. And then you also have informational content, which would be like how to do X. Creating content is not hard creating really 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 good content it is quite tricky but it's not something it's like learning a language you don't just sort of read a few books on it and then suddenly you're speaking it fluently you got to practice you got to do it badly you got to learn from doing you got to get feedback you got to just write a lot of content yourself until you eventually get better and better and better at it it's quite easy to create an article which is good enough so and, and that's what you should focus on. Just creating some content which is good enough, getting it out there. And then every time you write another article, it will be slightly better than the last one, slightly better than the last one. And this is one of the things like over time, you just get better and better, and your site gets better and your content gets better. And it better content is more likely to rank on Google, et cetera, et cetera. So it's one of those things where you just you just really need to get started. try uh, as much as possible to inject some personality into your content. So don't make it dry, don't make it bland. Show, talk about your own experiences, your own views, show, show some humor as well, make it fun, make it interesting. Avoid that long wall of text syndrome that you often see. Try and kind of break it up into various subsections with paragraphs, break it up with images. You just
0: make it quite similar to what's ranking though. It's like, it's Google does reward that. It's, it's tricky, right?
1: This is key. So when you're like, let's say we're writing an article about the best dog food for Yorkshire Terrier dogs. What you would do is you would Google that term and look at the sites which are at the top of page one or or or, or all on page one and look for how they're creating their content. How are they structuring it? Is it a list post, say, or are they doing their roundup reviews with maybe some kind of uh, first informational part about the breed or what you have to look for, and then maybe they're looking at specific types of dog food after that and they're breaking up or are they comparing them all at the same you know the the different ways you structure content there are many different ways you structure content and in general it's best to copy the structure at least of what's working what the people on uh, page one of google are ranking if you're writing an info article for example and every single site on page one is about here are the 23 best i don't know leads for dogs or whatever it might be then you want to probably like write a list post as well don't try and go yeah reinvent the wheel there Um, that's not to say that you should copy your content you absolutely should not it's a really bad idea and google will most likely penalize you for that Um, but you you want to kind of like be hitting the same angle hitting the same subtopics hitting the same structure as what other people are doing that in 2020 is is very important actually so that's content. Finally, links. And this is an interesting one because it's very easy to do some research, build a site and create content. You have full control over that. But when you start building links, that's where you need to start working with other people, start talking to other people, start putting yourself out there and building relationships with with other sites. And that is, to a lot of people, very scary. It's a it's, it's, A lot of people find that difficult. I find that kind of not in my comfort zone, let's put it that way. But you have to understand that link building is it's all about systems and processes. And you want to get to a stage where you have all these kind of continually working away and you're just continually building links. There are a few different kinds of strategies with link building. It could be like an outreach based one where you find websites maybe who are willing to accept guest posts, which is when an author who they don't normally work with writes a post and they publish it on their blog. When they do that, you can often get a link back to your website from it. So this is a common link building strategy. Now, I've just told you what it is, the basics of how of what it is and how it works. Very, very simple. But with most link building, how you actually execute that and how you improve over time your process for doing that is what is going to give you the, the results. Far too many people out there. They'll try a link building strategy once or twice, have mediocre or no results, and then come to the conclusion that this doesn't work and there has to be a better one out there. The fact is that most successful websites out there are using the most basic website, uh, the most basic link building strategies rather, and they've just been doing it so much and they've optimized it and they've improved it and they've continually improved it that they've gotten really good about it. And it also takes time as well, right? You can't just expect to build a thousand links in in a day, and uh, and and sort of be done with it. It's that's going to happen over a period of of months or or years. There's another kind of link building service or link building s- strategy kind of that we've we've been playing around with a lot lately, and that's using some kind of other service like um, Haro. It's called Helper Reporter Out, which is uh, a newsletter where people are sending out, where journalists and publishers are sending out requests for sources, requests for questions to everyone on the newsletter and you as a source can respond to to the ones which you think you can answer and if a journalist uses your answer in their article they'll also link to you so this is a really good way of of building links and it's it's based on the need of the publishers rather than you trying to reach out to them so it's kind of like it flips it on its head a little bit as well Uh, so again another good uh, good way of, of of approaching link building those are the two general kind of approaches at least for 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 white hat link building as i said the the way to win at link building is continuous improvement and just grit um but
0: the link building is like the gym basically it's literally like going to the gym it just takes like six months to six to eight months to even like start feeling like it does something so yeah just you know what i'm talking about and if not, well, January 1st is in two days, so it's time to start. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Anyway, if you know authority sites, a lot of stuff we've said so far is something that you've probably heard before, you know already, etc. Now we're getting into the part of the episode, it's a long one, I know, uh, but we're getting into the part of the episode of like what has changed in 2019, and what we would do differently in 2020. And I think a lot has changed, so I'm just gonna uh, go right into it. And I think the first thing to highlight... We've been talking a lot about SEO, but actually we're living in a time period where now Google starts sending less traffic to websites than it has in the past. So... 2019 was actually the first year where Google sent less traffic than the year prior to that. Doesn't mean it's terrible, right? It's still more traffic than like 2016 or something, right? It's like, you know, you've got to put things in perspective. It's not like everything's ending, et cetera, but we have hit kind of a peak here, like a saturation point on in terms of Google sending traffic. And there's multiple reasons for that. The first one is featured snippets. So now for most queries, there will be that kind of like featured snippets that tries to answer the query without you clicking your website. So that has killed a lot of clicks. Uh, But it's not just that. They also have injected a lot more widgets onto search results. So like uh, people also ask, uh, YouTube stuff. If you Google, for example, things to see in London, you will also see like a carousel of places. And it's just like, if you click on them, it's just going, if you click on a place, let's say Trafalgar Square, it's going to just Google Trafalgar Square for you. And in the field snippet, it would kind of highlight what it is about. And you haven't visited any travel site to get that information and that happens for some crazy ones so for example if you say if you google like movie where a teenager goes back in time google will actually find you snippets of movies that where a teenager goes back in time so you get all the back to the future and all that stuff in there and people will click and then they won't necessarily go on the website so that is one of the main reason the two main reason why google is not sending as much traffic i don't think that's going to decrease in 2020 is it going to be much worse I think it's going to be a bit worse, but I don't think it's going to be much worse. I think a lot a lot already happened. Unless like voice search really takes over or something like this, I just don't see that happening. But it does mean there's no organic traffic. It just means you need to be a bit smarter on how you you pick your stuff. And we're going to talk about that in the next section, actually. Uh, the second thing that has changed is uh, put ads are great again. And that's because, yeah, advertising, I have mentioned earlier in this uh, episode, it's pretty good, actually. Like if you consider the fact that like if you compare it to like a service, like, uh, an affiliate program like amazon it's not as much money on a page let's say like again let's just take the same example best dog food for dogs with allergies. You will not make as much money per thousand visitors with advertising, but first of all, you can both run Amazon and ads on the same page, so you can make more money on that one page and most people will say, "Oh, but if people click on ads, then they don't uh, click on Amazon, et etc, from the test that everyone that I know has run it hasn't really impacted their results that much mostly because most ads are not charged per click but rather per thousand impressions anyway these days like really like cost per click is it's it's just an indicative metrics but you when you buy ads, you pay per impression really so even if people don't click it's fine and with retargeting really ads also play like a brand reminder role anyway another thing that has changed that is bad is that big brands are going heavily after a review terms so a lot more now that it was maybe two or three years ago, and like people are like, Oh my God, this is the end of authority sites. Probably not the case. It's just that, yes, the big review terms are going to be more competitive. You will find very high authority sites on like best dog food, for example. So that's why I gave this example of like more niche ones where you will probably find a lot less competition. And also like it's mostly for like these large b two c niches. So if you go to after like more technical niches and more like smaller niches, then you will not find as many of these big brands like, you know, Forbes, for example, does a lot of these, or like CNET does a lot of these, etc. And you will not find these guys on like in the power tools niche, for example, like that, they will not tell you what is the best drill, I think. You might find a wire cutter, but yeah. So that is something that has changed that is pretty bad. Another thing that is pretty good, though, for like stage 3 sites is creating and selling products is easier than ever, right? Shopping carts have gotten a lot better, like WooCommerce. There is cart flows as well on WordPress that allows you to build this crazy um, this crazy checkout for like uh, info products and so on. And we we use Thrive Cart as well. That is really good. And before, you would need to pay tens of thousands of dollars to get a dev to build your own shopping cart to be able to do what we do now course, platforms like Thinkific and so on make it also very easy to put together an info product and sell it to your audience. FBA and all these services allow you to sell products to your audience. You can also do t-shirts pretty easily. You can do a bunch of stuff. So having products for your brand is not nearly as hard as it used to be a few years ago. So when you're on the stage three side, it's kind of nice if you have an audience that you kind of like have exclusive access to that you can sell stuff to, then it's really quite powerful. I think outreach thing building is also becoming more challenging as more people are doing it. And it's something that it doesn't mean that it's the end again. It's kind of like the, the case of the Google traffic. It is not as easy because more people are doing it. And that's because it's become, basically the SEO industry has rediscovered outreach thing building affiliate in the last two or three years. Uh, and as a result, well, when you receive a lot more outreach emails, then you tend to reply to a lower percentage of them. And so as a result, it makes it more challenging to build links with outreach, which means you need to be well organized and you need to be efficient with your outreach. If you still want to get good results from it, it's still possible. We still do get good results from it. It's just that it's not as easy as it was maybe a year or two ago. Uh, And finally, it's something that is quite interesting that uh, a lot of people that I'm talking to have noticed as well is that it seems like since this new BERT algorithm, you know, Google used to kind of like rank, you know, one page for like a thousand keywords that are like related, like these kind of like power pages. It seems like more and more Google is kind of like rolling that back and ranking more specialized pages, which is good. Because these big brands kind of like went after that to like rank for all these things, so the, the big brands that would rank for best dog food might have shown up for best dog foods for dogs with allergies, but they might not anymore, or not as high or anything. So you have an opportunity as a smaller site to take these queries and take higher positions in them, etc. So it is an opportunity here. So there's kind of like a, some good, some bad in what changed in 2019. So. Based on this, here is what I would change in 2020. First of all, niche selection. I think I would niche down more. I would try to avoid mass consumer niches or I would go for something like very specific. So, like an example I would give you maybe would be like paragliding. Paragliding is probably a good niche. It's probably like quite expensive. I don't know how big it is. I haven't checked the keywords, but like there's a lot of expensive equipment. It is quite specialized. Forbes is not going to write about it, at least not for my main keywords. And it can probably make decent money. And maybe I will be able to sell info products as well, etc. So that's the first thing. I would like niche down a bit more than I would have maybe a few years ago. And I like to focus on high-paying niches as well. So like in this example, the equipment will be quite expensive. I think the RV niche is also quite interesting. Like the, um, It's like I've seen that there's like basically because they have their like own like electricity system, the 12-volt thing. You basically need to rebuy every item. And so it's quite interesting. So I, that gives you an idea of the kind of niches i would be looking at. The second one is focus on click data, not search volume, now that Google is sending less traffic. So it relates to that point. These features essentially makes some search queries get absolutely no clicks, right? So if I Google, like, how old is, uh, I don't know, like uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, which is the president of the EU, then It's like, I don't know why I picked that guy. (laughs) Like Mark's laughing right now. If I Google that, I just get the answer on the SERP. And so as a result, I'll get no clicks despite the fact that, well, there's probably not a lot of search volume for this one. But for someone more more well-known, there would be like for Beyonce or whatever, for example. So like this will not get click data. But if I Google, let's see, how to increase the sensitivity of my mouse to 16,000 DPI. Like, if I Google some query like this or some, something quite technical, it, there's just not enough data, uh, there's not enough space, sorry, in a feature snippet to explain how to do that properly. And so as a result, I will probably have to click on the result. And so that means that more complex topics will essentially get more clicks than more simple topics that can be explained within 300 characters, which is more or less the limit for feature snippets. So that is something that I would do on that, is focus on click data and focus on more complex topics. The other thing I would change is I would go much faster through stage one, mostly through stage one, because all these big brands are targeting these review terms. So I think you can still make good money from this, but I think it's more unstable. You're never really 100% protected from a big brand trying to go after your review keywords, and that could affect your business. So try to go to stage two and three faster and kind of like plan for that as you start a new site. right? And then as soon as you hit stage two, really focus on building these recurring traffic channels, so, uh, social media, I'd say Facebook groups, really, really powerful right now. Twitter, kind of okay, like just at least tweet and follow people in your industry. YouTube, extremely powerful right now and very easy in some like sub niches. There's just like no competition. You can rank for all the keywords. And actually a lot of YouTube videos show up on Google as well. So it's one way of getting or getting traffic as well. If you can, if you're not powerful enough to like rank for the terms with your website, you might be able to rank with your YouTube channel. Uh, email list, so like exit pop-ups and on-page pop-ups, etc. Retargeting if you have products or if you are doing really well with your email list. Push notifications, I'm kind of like, it works, but um, I feel like I'd rather put like an on-page load opt-in pop-up at this point. The conversion rate is about the same, but I get much more data with the pop-up. I can put people in like, even like retargeting audiences and everything later with the email. So I feel like they're okay, they work, but it's not the best. But Messenger bots can work really well, especially if you're doing ads with engagement, you can get that. So essentially build all these recurring traffic sources, but you need to go for stage two at this point. You can't do it with a stage one site. And to build these recurring traffic sources, you just use your Google traffic to embed whatever you want, like YouTube videos, opt-ins, Retargeting, you just need to put your pixel Twitter Facebook groups you can just like send an email to people who sign up for your email list for example be like hey join our Facebook group we have like a bunch of people who lo- who have dogs with allergies or whatever it is uh, and uh, and you can uh, you can easily build these channels with your organic traffic because of the bird thing that I mentioned as well, one thing I would change is I would create hubs. More in a more strict way, and that's kind of what, I, what I've been working on in the past few weeks, actually. So it's kind of interesting to talk about this now. Yeah, it seems like like more long tail pages are doing better these days. So like picking something. So for example, in this case, like uh, we pick dog food, right? I would look for like every dog food keyword variation, like dog food for dogs with allergies, dog food for like, and then I would put the breeds. You know, I would put all the breeds. I would put dog food for old dogs, young dogs, mature dogs puppies, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I would find basically like 60, 70 keyword variations. I would build the entire hub for like dog food, for example. That is something that I would do. And that is kind of like how we build our websites now. We try to max it out. Obviously, if there's a keyword you have absolutely no chance to rank for, just keep it. And then if your entire hub is doing well, then maybe give it a try through internal linking, you might actually end up ranking for it. But creating structured hubs works very well for us right now. And once you hit stage three, do paid traffic as well. Don't be afraid of paid traffic. Once you have products, it's not too difficult to at least make your money back. And it can, even if you're just break even on paid traffic, you can really grow your audience quite fast because let's say you do paid traffic on YouTube or on. Facebook or something like that. It's gonna grow the audiences you can advertise your content to that will then reshare it or like watch your videos if they like subscribe to your channel, etc. So it kind of like grows your organic as you grow your paid traffic. So even if you're break even on paid traffic, it's actually a good thing provided you create content. So yeah, that's basically the things that would change. So just to summarize, go niche down a bit more, focus on click data, not just search volume. Go faster through stage one. I mean use stage one. But like once you hit like 5, 10K a month, then, you know, figure out how to get to stage two. Build recurring traffic, uh, use Google traffic to build recurring traffic channels, create hubs, complex topics, and use paid traffic on stage three, basically. So I think we're going to no. wrap it up. It's like a long podcast today. <laughs> so it's like, we're definitely at a point where the auto side business model is maturing. It's not a brand new, hype new thing. But it doesn't mean it's a bad thing there's a lot of macho markets where a lot of people make a lot of money macho markets also mean for example like mark mentioned sites are worth more money when you resell them so maybe there's a bit more challenge upfront sometimes but in exchange you just get a higher payout both in terms of affiliate offers uh, in terms of ads in terms of selling your website i think that for a long time reviews and essentially what we talk about in stage one sites have dominated because it was so easy to do and because there was so little competition. And the payout, comparatively to the effort, has been extremely, extremely good, actually. And so it's been just the best ratio investment against return. So a lot of people started focus on that. And now we're kind of hitting a point where everyone kind of figured that out. And so as a result, well, it's, the market is naturally rebalancing itself by increasing the level of competition on the reviews so that it it goes back in line with the other monetization methods. Some monetization methods go back up like advertising, and reviews go down a bit. Does this mean that it's the end of authority size? I don't think so. I think it's just that people need to rediscover the other monetization methods a little bit more when they have focused a little bit too much on reviews for a good reason. It was the best return on your time for a long time. I think it's it's probably still going to be in 2020, but it's slowly getting in line with with other monetization methods basically so it's kind of like a choice you need to make with your business like do you want to try to maximize one thing which you can absolutely do but then you need to also be okay with the risk that comes with it which is well you're entirely reliant on google traffic and you're entirely reliant on the fa programs that you the few fa programs you're probably using for this so or do you want to I uh, build a more diverse business where you have products, you have affiliate. If you look at Autori Hacker, it's like a good diverse example. For example, we sell affiliates, we sell a little bit of affiliates through email, but not a lot. We do rank for review products, review of products on Autari Hacker. And we sell products on Autory Hacker, for example. So it shows you that we have multiple business models. And if one went bust, then the business would not be in terrible danger. And that is something that we would recommend people build to some extent, some kind of like balance, even though I do believe that stage one is the highest return, which is also why we recommend people do it first, because it's still quite good, especially if you're good at keyword research. What is your, your overall conclusion on this, on this analysis, uh, overall on Autodesk Sites in 2020?
1: So the way I sort of think about it is, is it's kind of like any business model, any industry, it's never going to stay stagnant forever. Think of like music, how that went from like vinyl to CDs to MP3s. And, and these things just change in every single industry as technology moves on, as new competitors come in, as as things change. Uh, so the idea that you can do something and just keep doing that one thing forever and ever and ever is is, is kind of silly, to be honest. Business, any business is all about continually adapting to the market environment around you. And those people who can adapt better, faster, quicker, more efficiently are going to succeed more than those who, who fail to adapt. Um, I, I learned this at an early age, fortunately, through playing MMOs. Like every few months, the devs would just introduce some new update and rebalance everything and change everything. You have to figure out the whole game again, basically. Uh, that's like a faster version of what's happening here. You know, we we have years these these changes tend to be quite slow and and gradual in in authority sites for the most part. So we're quite fortunate, and I think that most people who are building authority sites are the type of people who can adapt and who can create new opportunities and, and optimize further and and make things work which hadn't which they hadn't bothered to try before. So I, I still think of all the business models out there especially in, in the online space. I think Authority Sites is is still my favorite. I have no plan
0: plans on changing anything, changing track anytime soon. Yeah, same here. And as Littlefinger said, cows is a ladder, so use it. But anyway, we are going to be closing this episode now. Thanks for listening, guys. If it is the first time you're listening, you're probably not subscribed. So consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening. If you're listening on SoundCloud, you can subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, you can also subscribe there. Spotify is quite popular these days. So you can subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. And we have also free training.
1: Yeah, I I also wanted to say, so we're releasing this podcast on the 30th of December. So in a couple of days, it'll be 2020. Once you've had a bit of a hangover, once you've sort of recovered and you're sort of motivated, okay, now is the time to actually take action on this stuff. We do have an interesting promotion coming up on the 2nd of January. So if you want to learn a bit more about that, if you think maybe authority sites are your thing, or you want to finally get started in 2020, then if you head over to authorityhacker.com forward slash subscribe, you can actually join our email list and you can be notified of exactly what that special promotion is. And then in a couple of days, you can decide if That might be something you're you're interested in. Plus, on our email list, you get loads of free content. Get notified whenever we release uh, uh, certain big blog posts or we have new new free content coming out as well. So go ahead and subscribe. It's authorityhacker.com forward slash subscribe.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. We do have a podcast episode every week. So if you want the next one, just tune in next week and we'll see you there. Have a good day. Bye.